Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. It's good to worship together. Good to be together. And uh, one thing that's wonderful to note is he is here. One day, we will all be there with him. That'll be a good day. And uh, we will all be seeing him face to face. We will be able to touch him. We'll see his precious hands. But until that day, we gather and he is in our midst and so we are so blessed to have his presence. I wouldn't so much care to come to church if he wasn't here, would you? We are gathered to him. Praise the Lord. I just have a, a small announcement to make before we get into the word today. And that is that uh, the Arcare um, meeting is going to be postponed until another time. And they will be contacted. We have a, an amazing opportunity our care has uh, invited us to come do services with them in their facility right around the corner here. So uh, we'll be letting you know when that meeting is. All right. Well, we've had a good time worshiping. Are you ready for the word? And so let's just go ahead and pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word and you speak. And when you do, the entrance of your word turns the light on, and we can see things clearly. We can see if we're missing something. We can see things in truth that have previously made us afraid, and they don't have to make us afraid anymore. We can see what to do. And so, Father, we invite the author of the word, the Holy Spirit, to teach us individually and also as a congregation this morning in Jesus precious name if you can agree with that say amen praise the Lord well um, so because I'm not real sure that you would have heard enough about this subject during this last week we're going to talk about the coronavirus is everybody excited about that well, maybe, uh, maybe not so much if we're just going to talk about the coronavirus, but aren't you glad that God has something to say about every situation, and he does indeed. So uh, we're going to uh, look at this a little bit differently today and um, calling it taking the offensive, or we could say it this way, um, launching an offense. So launching an offense or taking the offensive, okay? So um, the Queensland Health Department has um, listed some things, just common sense advice for us during this interesting time, and they're not unfamiliar to you. Uh, wash your hands with soap and water or sanitizer. Sanitizer, if you can find any in the stores anymore. Uh, cover your nose and mouth with a tissue or a flexed elbow when coughing or sneezing. Um, avoid contact with anyone who has symptoms such as a fever or cough, sore throat, fatigue, 
shortness of breath, and lastly, stay at home if you're unwell. So we have seen these. Actually, a, a month ago, the Lord gave three-word directive. It was an interesting word, and it was just three words, wash your hands. So before the Queensland uh, Health Department posted that, the Lord said, wash your hands. And it, it wasn't just about corona. It was about maybe other things, and people got spiritual connotation about that as well. So, uh, but we're, we're ahead of that game, praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit always leads us into truth and always into triumph. Um, you know, Tony and I, um, he was born in Ohio, I in Colorado. But I still remember um, the first time, it was in Oklahoma where I saw this movie, uh, Crocodile Dundee. Indeed. Now, uh, you know, it, when we first started learning geography, I can't remember which level of grade it was that we did, but I, I learned, you know, you have to learn all the continents, and, and so you uh, are able to identify them on a, on a map, on a globe, and I could identify Australia, but you don't really know anything about it. And, um, and so Americans, and I'm not being mean to us, but we can tend to be ignorant about anything except us, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, um, so it's always been an interesting thing for Tony and I. We love the nations. We love getting out there and, and actually being with the peoples of the world and all. But um, actually, it was uh, what made Australia like on everybody's bucket list. That sounds terrible. It sounds like everybody's going to come here before they die. <laughs> but, um, but everybody's bucket list, they all want to go to Australia. And it became the darling uh, place and the darling people, honestly, was Crocodile Dundee. He put this place on the map, whether we like it here or not. It, he was just fascinating. The way he talked, and he was just so cool about everything, following on his heels was Steve Irwin. Fearless with all the deadly things that everybody else is afraid of, not Steve. He's absolutely fearless. And, um, but also, you know, was Margaret Court, amazing athlete. But, uh, but also then... Uh, then um, the reputation of Aussies then in other places of the world when we, looked, when we would look toward Australia was um, it would be robust people that are robust and resilient, hardworking, adventuresome, fearless. Uh, we are rugby. We surf cyclones. We surf around. We surf safely around um, sharks, we have the most buff firemen, and we have amazing soldiers, uh, but I want you just to see what unbridled fear can do to this amazing group of people, if you can put this clip. This is what people around the world are seeing is going on in our wonderful robust and resilient country.
Amazing. Amazing. Unbridled fear. I looked at... Um, I looked at a phrase from a book called Countering Fear in War, and it is the strategic use of emotion from a journal of military ethics. And this is what it says, and you can see it up there and read it along with me. If you like, in the course of war, fear and terror are often used as weapons to distort the opponent's decision-making or break the opponent's will. Military and political leaders need to respond to this tactic. And so this book was written to examine five tactics that political and military leaders have used to successfully diffuse fear because it is used purposefully and strategically as a weapon to disable uh, an opponent. And so uh, what... Leaders generally employed was a combination of hope and reason to counter fear rather than shame, anger, and spite. They found that this was so. Uh, one of those leaders, one of those political leaders, famous would have been, of course, Winston Churchill, and he had many, many quotable quotes. But uh, let's look at one of his. He said, I had a lot of trouble in my life most of which never happened. It's amazing the detail of trouble, impeccable detail of trouble that a mind can imagine. It can imagine pain. It can imagine all kinds of things. And so this, um, this quote is quite interesting. Most of it never happened. Um, he also said, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. And he spoke courage, he spoke into the peoples of Great Britain, and I tell you, he's quoted really all around the world because of his frontal connection or uh, confront confrontation to fear. All right? Coronavirus is not the worst enemy. Corona will and has come, and it will go. But there is another weapon, or there is another enemy that has been around and a common enemy to all kinds of different disasters and crises in the world, wars, plagues, all kinds of different crises, and that would be fear. And fear is a real enemy. Uh, Jesus spoke about fear. The Bible says much about fear. And even though you cannot see fear, you can see the effects of fear. A couple in our church, Karen was telling me, uh, were in a clinic this last week. And um, just for an appointment. And a young couple came in absolutely absolutely gripped with terror. And they, uh, they were both crying, and they started saying, we don't want to die. We don't want to die. 
we are too young. We don't want to die. There are things we haven't done. There are places we haven't gone. We haven't seen. We don't want to die. And they began to work into a hysteria and just start screaming, we don't want to die. We don't want to die. They had to be taken into the doctor's office and, and a shot given to them to just calm them down. The Bible talks about in the end of time that people's hearts will literally fail them because of fear. Can fear be that bad? Fear can be that bad. It is an enemy, and it is a real enemy. Just because you can't see it, you can't land a punch on it, you can't put a bullet in it, you can't sink a knife in it, doesn't mean it's not real. Just because you can't see it under a microscope does not mean it's not real. Paul told Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind, but it gives the indication that fear can literally be driven by demons who love to make people afraid. It exhilarates them when they hear people shriek. It causes them to be enthusiastic and more, more stimulated in their torment. When people gasp, hold their breath, become wide-eyed and breathe heavy, they love that. We can't see demons, but they're real. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We do wrestle against principality and power. And thank God we do have weapons that are effective against them. Are you thankful for that today? There are effective weapons. Jesus said something, or it is about Jesus, that the Bible talks from Hebrews, the second chapter, a, a powerful verse of Scripture in Hebrews, the second chapter, and we're going to start reading in verse 14. It says, since the children, he's talking about human beings, are made of flesh and blood, it is logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. By embracing death, taking it into himself, he destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cower through life, scared to death of death. That's what this couple was, was suffering from in, this, in the clinic, suffering, scared to death of death. The New Living Translation of the same scripture says this, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood, and only as a human being, for only as a human being, could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. The bottom line of where fear, or the ground we could say that fear is rooted in, is a fear of death and dying. So today, we want to just be equipped about what do we do with fear? Because it is there, it is a real enemy. 
the first thing, we have five things we're going to look at. The first thing we're going to look at is that we do, we confront fear right here, right here. If you can locate yourself, this is where you want to start dealing with fear, is right with yourself. The first thing we can do to deal with fear in ourself is, number one, don't feed it. Don't feed the fear. It's a monster. How do you feed it? You feed it by what you look at. If you're taking in words that make you afraid, identify it. If before you're reading something online, if before you're reading something that has popped up on your phone, and then afterward you find that you've got a, a nervous stomach, get a clue. What you're eating isn't good for you. You're having a, an allergic reaction. <laughs> you're feeding a monster of fear and inviting it to control. So with your eyes, with your ears, don't feed it through your ears. And don't feed it through your mouth by talking about it. The second thing is refuse to respond to it. I mean, buck up. Number one, the first reason would be buck up. As a child of God, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. We, we absolutely refuse to respond to something that didn't come from our Father. Not going to do it. The second thing, as Australians, let's buck up. That's what we do. I'm joining with you guys. I have the legal right now, a paper that says I am. Refuse to respond to it. Uh, but also, uh, notice what you do to respond. You know, I, I was looking at some of the, the things, the clips that were on YouTube, and, and they showed shelves absolutely bare of all meds. None of the people that were buying all the meds, they didn't even have the symptoms yet. But what fear does is it paints a picture of what's going to happen to you. You're going to be so sick. You're not even going to want to get out of bed. Get the medicine now. Prepare for it. It is absolutely reversal faith. It brings things that haven't happened into existence. Resist the urge to prepare for the worst. So, the third thing, kill it. <laughs> Don't feed it. Refuse to respond to it. And third, kill it. Kill the fear. How? By faith in God's promise of protection. In other words, stock up in faith. Second uh, Chronicles, the 20th chapter, the setting of this um, amazing story where we get great promises of God from um, there were three enemy armies that sur were surrounding God's people, and it was certain annihilation. There was no way they were going to, to make it. And they prayed. They called on God, and somebody stood up in the middle of the congregation, began to prophesy, and this is what they said. And I've paraphrased it. I've made it good for us right here in Australia in uh, 2020. It says, listen, all people of God. 
Listen, leaders of families. This is what the Lord says. Not Sky News, not what ABC, not something else. This is what the Lord says. Stock up on this. He starts giving a list of what to do. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need to do. No. He said the very first thing, don't be afraid. That isn't just a comfort verse. That is a command and a directive. And the very first step toward being able to take an offensive rather than being driven back and back and back and back until we're completely, uh, absolutely captivated by fear. First thing is don't be afraid. And then he gives some more. Don't be afraid or discouraged by the coronavirus. You say, that's in the Bible? No, I, no I, I paraphrase that. I just stuck that in there so that we can work with it. Take your positions in faith. This is in the Bible. Take your positions in faith, in what God says. Then stand still, and that is that bucking up. We're not going to be driven back anymore. Not going to be cowering and uh, uh, whining and looking. Oh, now what's happening? Now what's happening? Oh, have you heard anything else that's happening? No, no. Stand still. Stand up. And watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of God. Don't be afraid or discouraged. And then he says, go out against them tomorrow for the Lord is with you. I love this. This directive of the Lord moves the people of God from, oh, oh they're around us. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. I don't know what's going to happen. It moves them from that to a place of bucking up, standing up, standing still. And then the last directive is it says, go forward. Go forward. The people of God don't cringe and go backward. The people of God go forward and they confront their enemy. Amen? And they bring answers. They bring life. They bring solution. So, but to do that, uh, it's important that we, you know, not just be good-hearted and just, you know, we just want to do whatever we can do. No, there's actual inoculation to be able to do this. If we're going to bring answers to the, to the people who are suffering, there is an inoculation. Inoculation isn't just something that affects you if it's kept in the vial or kept in the bottle. It only takes, it, it, it only works if it is put in you. And the inoculation and the protection of the Word of God doesn't, doesn't affect you as long as it's stuck in your cell phone or is stuck in the Bible that's on your, on your bedside table, it has to be taken in. And so we're going to take in some word today. How about some inoculation today? It has no negative effect. There is no backlash of this kind of inoculation, bless the Lord. So Psalms 91 and verse 3 Let's all say this and the way uh, that we're going to take this inoculation orally, through the mouth. That means uh, don't just look at it. Let's speak these words together, can we? Here we go. For he will rescue me from every trap. 
and protect me from deadly disease. I will not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Let's go to the next one. Deuteronomy 28, 22, and 29. Now jump in with me. List wasting diseases, fever, indescribable plagues that are intense and without relief that would make me miserable and unbearably sick as curses of the law. Galatians 3.13 says, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Because Psalms 102 says, people who are redeemed should say so. I boldly declare that I am redeemed, safe from coronavirus and all sickness. Amen. Let's do one more. Psalms 103, verse 1. Let all that I am praise you, Lord. With my whole heart, I praise your holy name. Let all that I am praise you, Lord. May I never forget the good things you have done for me. I receive your forgiveness for all my sin. And I receive your healing for any disease. You redeem me from death. And crown me with love and tender mercies. Can we just praise him for his word? Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Praise you for the word. It's true. Now, we're going to look at some other verses a little bit later. But let's move to the second thing. The first thing, remember, was uh, the first thing is to confront fear in yourself. Don't try to outrun fear. You can't. You have to confront it. And you confront it with truth and with what we have just looked at here. The second thing is don't spread fear. Don't spread fear. Now, the reason why the Queensland Health Department lists as, as one of the main things that we are to do to use a Kleenex when, um, you know, when coughing or sneezing or sneezing it, if you don't have something, at least sneeze into your arm. Uh, the reason it says it does that is because the disease, this kind of virus, is principally um, spread through. It's spread through the mouth or what comes out the mouth. So is fear. Fear is mostly spread through what comes out the mouth. I remember uh, go, being on a plane during the SARS crisis that also came and went. But they, uh, Tony and I were living in Singapore at the time, and I, I uh, was on a plane to someplace. And uh, we hadn't taken off yet. And I, I sneezed or coughed. I did one or the other. And the dear lady that was sitting beside me uh, reached under her seat and got her bag and put on a mask. I felt so bad. And she never looked at me, didn't even look at me the whole plane ride. And we're talking Singapore, so then it means that you're in the air a long time. Going to be flying for a little while to anywhere. She didn't even look at me. Just, uh, I don't want whatever made you sneeze. Comes out the mouth. Fear comes out the mouth. It can be spread by the mouth. 
um, there was there was a prediction that came out yesterday um, that 15 million people are going to die from this virus. And um, when uh, Tony and I were talking about how that these kind of predictions sound prophetic, I mean talking about um, from the dark side prophetic. It's weird. Where do they pick that number? And then start declaring it, and then they tell somebody, and then somebody else says, did you know that 15 million people, they're saying, they, they are saying who? The devil is saying it, and we're putting it on the microphone. <laughs> how about, how about, let's shut his blab mouth and just not repeat what he intends to have happen to the human population. Let's put a cork in it. He's counting. He's counting on people carrying out and spitting out what he is going to do. I believe that God is on the move and he's doing some wonderful things. Let's spread that. Amen? So don't spread fear. Number three. Be a safe house. Be a safe house. What do you mean? If anybody needs protection, they can count on coming to your house, and it's a safe place to be. Why? Because no plague comes nigh your dwelling. According to Psalms, uh, Psalms 91, we are not having plague come nigh our dwelling. You mean that, that you get that just automatically? No, when you make the Lord your habitation, no plague can come nigh him. And when he is in you and you are in him, no plague can come nigh your dwelling. You can count on the fact that in your home is a clean atmosphere, completely disinfected from, from spiritual virus the spiritual virus of fear. So don't bring fear in the house. Don't bring it in. Often when you, um, before you begin to cook or you sit down to meal, it's not an uncommon thing, and if it isn't uncommon to you, or if it isn't common to you, it might be a good thing to, to just wash your hands and not promote it and not uh, re as a reaction to what's going on right now. It's just best practice to wash your hands before you eat any day of the week. God started that idea way back in Leviticus. He said, wash your hands. Because there are things in this world that you don't want to get in you. It's one thing for it to be outside of you. But he said, it's not good for it to be in you. Wash your hands. But spiritually speaking, so we know that naturally. You wash your hands before you sit down to eat. Often it's over a dinner table where conversation about what's going on, what's going on and what the devil's doing and what this is and what's happening over here and what's happening over there. And these people are dying, those people are dying, and it's out of control and da-da-da-da. And we're eating fear with our food. Have no fear in your home. 
No fear. Zero tolerance of fear in your home. Surround your family with faith in God. Instead of that fear, surround them with faith. Faith comes by how? And hearing what? The Word of God. Not the news, the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And so supply, supply health to your home and the people that come into your home with a clean atmosphere that's filled with faith in God, no fear. The last thing is you're redeemed, so say so. And we've already gone over that verse of Scripture, and let the redeemed of the Lord say so, say so. So your atmosphere in your home is full of faith because of what you're taking in and also what you're speaking out, that, you're, uh, that you are redeemed. Number four. So we have, we have in here, confront the fear that is in yourself. We also have, don't spread fear. And then be a safe house. Number four is pray. Pray. What do you pray about? Oh, God, help. Oh, God, save us. It's not that kind of prayer. Not that kind of prayer. But we do pray for the people who are being affected by fear. What we don't do as children of God is just be in it for ourselves. You know, I don't want any fear in myself because the Bible says that fear brings torment. I don't want torment, so I'm not going to have fear. Y'all suffer. You know, I'll be pathetic out there, but not me. I'm not going to have fear. That's not the way of our Father. That's not the way of his family. We're concerned about other people. If people like this dear couple, by, other, by people that are just affected by fear, let alone the people that are affected by, the, by that attack, corona attack, or any kind of attack, rather than just practicing looking at people and doing nothing, we want to be responsive not to their disaster, but responsive to compassion and pray. Pray for them. Pray for the researchers. Do you know we can ask the Lord and we can pray and turn the light on those that are doing research and they can find things that they've been looking for and it's been there. They just haven't been able to see it. Do you believe that we can help contribute to the solution? I'm talking about on a global scale. Then we're not to withhold that help, but we are to pray into it. And to pray for caregivers. Today we prayed for the people that are in the medical field that are uh, in, uh, in our church family. We did in the both services. Oh, how we love these people. What our prayers enable them to do is it activates angelic assistance. It activates the protection of Almighty God working with them. God will walk with them down the halls of their hospital uh, and in their clinics and all the places where they are working and serving. Prayer involves God or activates and brings God into a situation to intervene. Prayer. The last thing to pray about is China. 
We pray for our neighbors. We pray for our families to receive Jesus. We, we pray or we're praying into uh, our neighbors receiving Jesus we're, and our, our co-workers uh, and coming to a knowledge of Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, China has one of the greatest populations on the planet. And um, I know our daughter was there a couple years and still has friends there that have told her that there has been such a clamp down uh, from the top of government to make and forbid any, any um, a gospel message available, and especially to children, to clamp it down. And now the whole world is looking at China. Everybody's looking at China. I tell you what, the eyes of the church need to be different than the eyes of just people that are looking at China, that we are literally moved with compassion because the blood of Jesus has already purchased the, the salvation of every single person there. And we're not just going to observe them. She said that one of the, one of her work, or one of her friends there said, it's been so sad. People are absolutely in terror. They don't know what to do. They don't have the health care that Australia has. They don't, they don't have uh, what we experience here. And they don't have access to the truth, natural access to the truth. And the truth is what makes people free. She said they just were sending people home, just sending people home to die. I know they've done, the, you know, tried to make up hospitals and stuff, but she said it is just heart-wrenching what's happening there. Is there anything a government can do about that? No, they've blocked everything out. But I'm telling you, the voice of the church can be raised in prayer and God can supernaturally intervene. If he's done it in, in Middle Eastern countries of, 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 of Jesus appearing to people, if, if gospel going in supernaturally to people, government can try to close out the gospel. But I'm telling you what, God is bigger than government. And when his church prays, he will move. Let's not idly watch China. I'm telling you what, something has hit a trigger and God is saying, come on, church, we're going to have to combine and pray and get some things moving regarding this nation and also other places that God will have you pray. The fifth thing is get on the offensive. We're launching an offense position not just defensive, holding our own, being safe, being safe. No, come on, guys. We either have the greater one. These are nice verses of Scripture, wonderful things to put on the wall. But if it can't work in a crisis, we might as well hang it up and close the door of the church. God is greater. If we believe the one that we have been singing, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, there's no way we can just sit idly in a church and then go back home and close the door and be safe. This is the way the church is. We must be activated to bring the light into a dark place. So get on the offensive. Use your authority over the works of the devil. I'm telling you what, guys, let's be activated to use what we know, zero tolerance to the works of the devil. That's not just coronavirus. He's agitated us. Now we're going to make him sorry. 
Let's not have any tolerance for any fear for anything. Over the works of the devil, use your authority. The second thing, gather purposefully in his name. Gather purposefully. So where some people are saying, don't gather, don't, don't, you know, just don't get around crowds or something. I tell you what, the way we want to be as a church is this. It should absolutely terrorize the devil for us to get together. Why? Because when we are, he's in the midst of us. The church is a legislating. Yes, we receive blessing. Yes, we receive nourishment. Yes, we receive encouragement. But according to Matthew 16, where Jesus was talking, he said, when you get together, you can stop things and you can start things and heaven will back you up. Guys, the devil doesn't want us to get together. He'll put anything in the way to keep us from being together. Great things happen, can happen, need to happen when we're together. I'm thinking of, and we're not the only church, there are many other churches we're praying. But we felt very, very impressed to pray. Don't just whinge about the weather. Oh, it's so dry, it's so dry. It's so dry. hadn't rained in years. Oh, it's so dry. Oh, everything is dying. Then church, do something about it. Our Father's the one that created the weather. The whole system. And then he gave us authority in our domain to start and stop stuff. And so, praise the Lord, the waterworks are on. Let's just take five seconds to thank him for the rain again. Can we do that? Thank you for the rain. We don't take it for granted. Thank you for the rain. And that it's gone on places that hadn't seen rain in years, filled up billabongs and ponds and lakes. Thank you for it. Reservoirs, and it's continuing. But you know what? And we, we don't just wipe our hands and say, okay, that's done now. Now we just want to be blessed now. No. We're a legislating group. We come together. And so we're redirecting. We're still thanking him for the rain. Still thanking him there. But can we just move our prayers right now during this time that we're not going to watch just the news about all this stuff and feed fear Let's watch the hand of God. Can we do that? And let's and watch the word and pray into this area. Okay, and we're going to start that today. Uh, then spread peace. Spread peace. You can't spread what you don't have. That's why this started with deal with fear in yourself. Such as you have, you give. If you're full of peace, then when you come to your job, that's what you're going to bring. And you don't need to go in and yell, peace, be still. You don't have to do that. But I'm telling you what, if Jesus is the Prince of Peace and you're in communion with him, you can go into a chaotic environment and just start releasing the peace of God.
We're going to give some other things that you can do too. Give peace. Somebody's out of control. We don't look at them and say, you, get a grip. Like that dear couple that was screaming. How? Like the dear people that are, that are clamoring for toilet paper. They auctioned a third roll of toilet paper yesterday at Queen Street for nearly a thousand dollars. That's fear, guys. That is unbridled fear. What a way what a mistaken way to spend money. But the persons that were putting their hand up, ah, you know, raise, raise it at 250. I'll, I'll give 250. Somebody, oh, 300, 400. Somebody, oh, 500. I'll give five. What kind of, what kind of fear has to motivate people? Well, rather than looking at that and just like lunacy, it is lunacy, but it's worse than that. It's fear. Jesus brought peace. Move into the chaos. And you can start taking authority and say, fear, go. You go into your office. You go into your schoolroom. You go into an office setting. You go into a cafe. We're not having fear here. The love of God. Perfect love does what? This isn't a time for us to taking our rights to be mad at anybody. Oh, let it go. In the time of crisis, there aren't those kind of my rights. Aren't you glad that when Jesus was being beaten and tortured, that he didn't go, y'all stop. It's not fair. Fair, you're lying. Be nice to me. Guys, the one that we call our Lord didn't have a chip on his shoulder and wasn't all about, I'm, I'm offended. Take the love of God and buck up. The love of God activates and is, is what compels uh, and fuels our faith. And faith is the only antidote to this crazy monster fear. So he'll strike at your love. Resist the temptation to be mad at your spouse. Resist the temptation to be mad at your family, to be mad at your friends, to be mad at your coworkers. Resist the opportunity and the right to be mad. Choose love. Because it's by love that our faith works. Spread love. Get over to somebody. And sneeze on them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 
Okay, don't. Don't do that. That's not love. Okay. The, the second to the last thing is this. Use the opportunity to bring good news. Use the opportunity to bring good news. Jesus said in Matthew, the ninth chapter, that, well, people don't need a physician. And people that think they're already righteous and got it all together, he can't, even God cannot help. Right now, during this people where people, or time when people are feeling vulnerable, they don't know what's happening. You have good news. When it is a certain that anytime anybody turns on the news, they're going to hear bad news, you've got good news. You've got really good news. Um, Tony and I and the girls lived in Singapore during the SARS time. It came and went. And so um, my most, the way that I usually went to, to and fro in Singapore was in taxi. So I got in the taxi, and I tell you what, oh, in Singapore, because SARS came, it, it really came on Singapore, and um, they, um, that's a tiny little place, so they had to really, really do different things to navigate that, and so people just, the, the city just was in fear, and um, people stayed home and all, but Anyway, I was out with this taxi cab driver. He was a Buddhist man. I could tell by what was on the ornaments that were on his dashboard. And uh, he had a mask on, and his eyes were afraid. I could tell I was sitting in the back seat, and I could see in the rearview mirror he was in terror. He needed to make money, but his line of work put him in contact in a closed quarter or closed space with people that could be hacking and coughing over the front seat and then he's in the, you know, there he is, bless his heart. I could tell he had fear in his eyes. I told him, I said, you know, I, I'm not afraid of SARS. I, I can't get it. Would you, like, would you like me to pray? Because if I pray for you, you will never get SARS. He said, please pray. He begged me to pray. I was able to talk to him about Jesus and the protection that we have in Jesus that isn't offered from any other place. There is a secret place of the Most High. We can't take it for granted, and we don't want to hog it. It's big enough for the whole world. Now's our opportunity to do what David started off the service with today. Let's love our neighbors. Let's get people in to this secret place. We've got good news, contrasting news. Put some verses of scripture up for us. If you can go ahead and uh, that list of verses of scripture, I won't take, have time to go through these ones, but these verses of scripture, if you want to take 
uh, take pictures rather than rather than you know listing them all out writing them all out you can look all of these up I advise you to look them up and you can take them like um, spiritual vitamin C a day and feed on them feed your family on them they're supplements that will make you robust spiritually against fear and um, and you can rotate them over and over. There's three different slides, all full of scripture. A little over, and there should be about 33-ish. So one, one a day. But when I was praying for all of us, you know what I saw? It was really quite lovely. I saw that we would use these verses of scripture like prescriptions. Use them like prescriptions. In the morning, you might even get like little cards or something and, and write out the verses of, verse of Scripture, maybe two or, or three of them. And then in your day, it's, while you're out and about, say, you know, something that really helped me today so that I don't have to be afraid of, of this horrible, ugly thing. Um, I, I've written it out. It, this will help you too. This will help you. Give people prescriptions of truth. Let's suffocate this virus. Can we do it? Uh, I was telling somebody last Thursday, I said, I see us being like a fire blanket. You know what a fire blanket is? Fire is on your stove and you just put it over a fire and it just suffocates it. The Word of God can do that. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I thank you for truth that makes us free. It's stronger than what anything the devil could do or anything the devil could say. Thank you for truth. I pray that you'd help us to arm ourselves with it, not just for our own preservation of life, but that we can actually help preserve somebody else's. Savior, Jesus, thank you for putting that kind of quality and nature in us that makes us want to reach out and save and help. Use me. If you want to be used of God in this next week, can you just put your hands up to him in worship and receiving his, receiving his word, receiving his nature of love, his peace, the truth of the word of God. God, use us. Can you join me in that prayer? God, use me. Use my mouth. Use my presence. Even take me to places that are stirred up by that spirit of fear, as this, and I can be, I can put a stop to it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, David is coming. He has some other things to to bring to you, but I just bless you in the name of the Lord. Have a mighty week. You're protected. You're directed. 
and you are in the right place at the right time to be his hands and his feet. In Jesus' name, God bless you. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au. 